Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio from the CEP Network. If you like what you hear, do us a favor and hit that subscribe button and give us that five-star rating. And while you're at it, give us a like and a share on the socials and tell all your friends about the variety you get right here on the CEP Network. Just a reminder for you, the CEP Network has officially been set up with a promo code for one of the best nutrition and supplement companies in the business for you, the listener, to use. Just go to truenutrition.com, look at all their great products, place your order, and when you go to make your payment, type in CEPN in the promo code box for 5% off your entire order. It's that easy. We are excited to be able to promote such a great company and happy that our listeners get to benefit from it as well. In this episode, Patrick and I chat about the current allegations that have been made about Brian Callen and our take on the situation, Ellen DeGeneres and the toxic workplace allegations, Dwayne Johnson and his partnership in buying the XFL out of bankruptcy, and so much more. If you'd like to get a hold of Patrick Blair or myself, you can reach us on the social medias. You can reach us on the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. And if you have any topics you would like to hear us cover about music, sports, or pop culture, email us at cerebral at thecepodcast.com. Now, let's get into the episode. Hey, everybody. Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. I am half of this show, Colt Brocado, Patrick Blair, Beer. What kind of beer you got there? You said it's an ale. Kona Brewing? Kona Brewing Company. It is the Big Wave Golden Ale. It's refreshing. I mean, it's not local, but whatever. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Everyone will survive if I don't have a local beer for one day. (laughs) Um, The weather's been so great here. I had to have something refreshing not that there are not refreshing beers of the local variety but this is what i grabbed so i get it well i think you have taken advantage of the weather because you are definitely more dark complected than the last time i seen you i don't know how it happens because i'm the biggest toehead you're ever going to meet right and i don't tan but i have been outside the last three days and then over the weekend i was outside basically all day on saturday so oh okay i have a question doesn't toehead yeah. mean blonde-headed? I don't know. I just thought it meant super pale and white. <laughs> I don't, Maybe not. I think Does it, it means, mean blonde? I think. Okay. Well, here... Okay. I'm a pale Irish fuck. How about that? <laughs> That's better. <laughs> there you go. But I'm looking in the video. I mean, I do kind of look like I got some sun. It kind of looks good on me. Makes it, my teeth look whiter. It does. Doesn't make my nose look so fucking huge. That potato nose I got. Maybe I should start hitting the tanning bed. I don't know. So how it's did, not gonna happen. So how did this wedding go? You, I didn't. I didn't realize it was going to be outdoors. Yeah, it was outside. Uh, it was good, man. Beautiful wedding. Beautiful weather. Um, tons of people. Um, they tried to make it as COVID safe as possible, but um, <clears throat> let me just say this: it's good that I was. A married man with a child away from his wife and kid for the weekend because I quickly got a little bit, I don't know, I wouldn't say homesick, but I got a, I kind of was a little bummed that they weren't there to celebrate with me. Okay. So I didn't, I, you know, I didn't go hard on drinking. I didn't dance. I didn't like, you know, I had fun. Don't get me wrong. But I kind of like stuck with two of the other guys who were married whose wives also stayed home. So we kind of formed this alliance 
the married guy alliance at the wedding. And uh, we kind of partied, the three of us together, and <clears throat> um, kept it low key, tried to stay outside as much as possible, away from, uh, you know, all of the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was fun. It was good. Felt felt good. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It felt like normal, like there wasn't a pandemic going on. But I don't did, know did if it... that's good news for everyone who gets to see me f- from now on, because if I haven't had COVID already, I could now. But Right. Did it seem know. like everybody, like, was there anybody that was like really standoffish? Like you could tell they were worried about, no, well, not a single person. Well, that's good. I mean, it probably did feel like really normal, didn't it? It did. There were 150 people who gave, gave no fucks. Let me just say, <laughs> but the good news is, is it was an open air place. And every, like I said, the wedding, the ceremony itself was outside. And then the reception where the reception was, it had like a giant patio with an outdoor bar tables that were spread out. I think a lot of people just because the weather was so nice, just spent the majority of their night inside or I'm sorry, outside. Right. Um, but I mean, a lot of the wedding party was younger. I want to say, so they partied, they danced, they had a good time. They did shots. They party. I mean, you know, I mean, it wasn't anything as gross as like the Ozarks, but that's true. People party. So, I, I mean, so let, let's, let's think back to Patrick five, five to 10 years ago. Let's you, go 10. <laughs> well, no, I'm just curious. Like, would you ever think, so let's say 10 years ago, would you think that Patrick at some point at a wedding would be finding the other married guys to form an alliance with? It wasn't anything that I planned on. No, no. <laughs> I'm not saying uh, it, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I mean, you've yeah. I mean, it, in, you know, in the short time that I've known you, you've toned things down quite a bit. Really? I think so. Like, I, that's disappointing. Is it disappointing? I'm it's sorry. It's disappointing <laughs> to hear. Um, well, stories like yeah. you just told. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I mean, no, it, it doesn't feel weird at all. But again, I didn't plan on it necessarily. Right. You I just, try to. You just you, you found the people that were most like you. <laughs> well, no, these are two guys that I know. Oh, you do know these? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're friends of mine. Okay. Um, and I knew going into it that their wives were staying home as well. So. Gotcha. I kind I kind of knew that the three of us would be the, like I said, the the married guys. Right. You know, um, whose wives stayed home. And you would think they'd be like, oh, fuck a party, man. Look, fuck a free man. Like, no, nah, it wasn't like that at all. It was just like, let's just kind of, I'm just going to chill. So whatever. It was fun. It was good, again, to do anything that felt normal. Right. You know, went to the park today, had a little picnic with my son and my wife. Now, granted, we're outdoors. It was a, it's a giant park. There weren't a lot of people. So, yeah, call that normal. Call that privilege. I don't know but it felt good. I have no idea. So I'm just going to keep doing what I can to uh, stay sane and stay healthy. And I think that's what everyone should fucking do, man. Yeah. It was like, I told you people were giving me shit about going to this thing. They were like, well, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I'm going to fucking go and do my best not to get breathed on and swap spit with people. Like, I don't know. What do you expect me to do? It's, It's the same thing I do every day when I leave my house. Right. If I do leave, 
else, you know? So I don't know. Speaking of um, staying away from people, did you vote yesterday? No. I know I'm one of those guys. So are you registered to vote? Yes, but I did. You not. are. Yes, I am. But you I did not I, vote I did yesterday. Not. I did not. No. Are you going to vote in November? Yes, more than likely. Okay. okay. That's good to hear. Were you just too busy? You don't care? Actually, yes, I was too busy. I did nothing but power wash my house yesterday. You skipped work to power wash your house? No, I, my day off was yesterday. So from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., literally without stopping, I power washed my house for a realtor to bring somebody over to look at the house last night. You piss your pants? You would have thought so. You didn't eat? I didn't eat. Sounds terrible. It wasn't fun. Well, just blame Trump. That'll be the easiest way for you to go. For anything, really, right? Anything, right? It yeah, yeah. Matter Just what blame it him is. Okay. If you don't sell your house, it's it's his fault. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, well, it sucks that you didn't vote, but try to vote in November. Did, um, you, did you vote yesterday? I did. Okay. And we're only a day out, and I already cannot be on social media. Well, I just want I, I, I just want to say first before you go into this that I don't think your vote counted because I didn't see it on social media. Oh, you didn't see my sticker. Did you you post a picture with you pointing at your I voted sticker? No, it didn't count, dude. There are, there are a few people in this world that I do not trust. Okay. (laughs) Let me, let me, let me give you a few. Okay. (laughs) Let me give you a few. Okay. Um, the first one would be, Girls who part their hair down the middle. Okay. Don't trust them. They're bad girls. Trust me. Girls who wear Keds. I don't know what that is. Their shoes. Trust me, you know what Keds are. But they're dirty Keds. If they have on dirty Keds, they are a dirty girl. Don't trust them. Um, guys who put... Lights underneath their car. <laughs> and then the fourth one would be is the I voted today person. Don't trust them. Don't trust them. I'm glad you voted. But I'm also wondering, did you vote for ketchup when you went? Because you were all too concerned about posting it on social media. It seems like you didn't really care about anything else. Um, but no, I mean, I joke when I say that, but not really. What happens Um, if you have a girl who wears kids and also parts their hair down the middle? Holy shit. She's a serial killer. (laughs) Run for your life. Run for your life. Um, I have another theory about that, but we won't get into that. I, I, we have to, I I, I don't want to lose the four female listeners we might have. So, okay. (laughs) Um, I'm sure all of them are wearing kids right now. No, no, no. No, no, there's no way. Um, we don't put off a Ked vibe. I don't know if we do or not, because I have no idea what a Ked is. You don't know what Keds is are for real? T- is this just a type of shoe? Yeah, dude, Keds. Okay. Anyway, they're, they're like canvas. Um, they're like little canvas type shoes. Think of like, um, what are those things called? Uh, 
you'll have to look up a picture. Okay. Um, you know what toms are? Yes. Keds are the toms of the 80s. Okay. But significantly less fashionable than toms. I've never owned a pair of toms, but I'm just saying. Okay. Um, that's what keds are. Anyway, okay. um, so those are the people I don't trust. But yeah, I've, I've had to stay off social media today. Um, man, there I, I, I've never done it before. And it's not like this is like going to crush me if I have to do it. But I might have to unfollow some people on Twitter. Is this um, because people that I know? Okay. People that I I've like seen in real life and spent time with in real life. Man, they're 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 going off the deep end, dude. I don't I don't know what to think. I, I don't know if it's con- Corona related, quarantine related, you know, uh, protest related, a combination of all the things that are shitty about 2020. I don't know if it's making them go insane and not think before they push send, but fuck. Um, I don't know. I have to kind of like rethink who the per. I, and look, I, I shouldn't say that without saying that. Look, maybe I don't know them as well as I thought, and I, I want to go into this saying I don't. I never. I'm not going to claim to know. I'm not going to claim that I know them that well, but. If you, you know, you can go through someone's Twitter timeline and you can see the, the, you know, you can see the posts and you can see the tone of the posts, right. whether they've been political all, you know, since they joined Twitter or if they started getting political a year ago, you can see, right. you can do the research. Um, but with some of them, I'm like, Jesus Christ, like not only is your tone a super aggressive and confrontational and just combative. And just negative overall, but it's really racially problematic in tone, you know, just racially driven in general. Like, can you, and it's can, like, can you give somewhat of an example or would that give away people that you don't want to do that to? Um, well, one example I have is this. So let me just say this. If you're, if you're a person who had a negative tweet about every person of color who got elected yesterday yeah you're clearly showing signs of behavior you know or bias to one color over the other is what you're saying i i I don't know it just seems bizarre and this is from someone who i wouldn't have expected it from maybe i just haven't paid attention um maybe i shouldn't just maybe i should just move forward and not pay attention at all and fuck it who cares um but Every single person, they had something negative to say. I mean, dude, it is what it is. They're entitled to their opinion and they're entitled to their vote, you know? Um, And and believe me, I'm not saying that they said anything racist necessarily. Right. But the tone was there, right? Um, And that stuff just, it it creeps me out. It really does. It just, it, it makes me feel weird. Um, and believe me, I'm not naive. I'm not ignorant to the fact that, you know, there are people at some point who just go, you know what, I'm sick and tired of this specific thing and I'm going to voice, I'm going to voice my opinion, you know? Um, now perhaps this person could be a Republican 
and they're just sick and tired of Democrats' bullshit. And that's it. And that's where it could stop. But it could also be, not only am I tired of fucking Democrats, but I'm also tired of people of color getting into office. That's what I, that's the perception that I have. Yeah. That's the takeaway that I have. Um, but also, I kind of want to go, hey, did you even vote? Because if you didn't, then your opinion is null and void. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Did you pay attention to any of the who 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 won, who lost? A little bit, but I can't name anything off the top of my head. I see gotcha. I see I seen a few here and there, but so are are you asking the people who won and lost, or are you asking like what things passed? Um both. Okay. Nothing. I mean the Medicaid expansion right. passed. Right. Um, I'll keep my opinion short on that. It's a bunch of horse shit. You know, they, they call it equal opportunity for those that are lower income. They still find a way to always work in some loopholes to right. where certain people who are lower income get more than others. And then some people of lower income get nothing at all. It's a bunch of horse, it's a, it's horse shit. Right. Um, Medicaid, Medicare, health insurance, Obamacare. It's all a racket. It's all a fucking scam. Uh, but that's me and my conspiracy around that. Um, but I, I think the big, I think the one that made the biggest waves was um, Cory Bush um, got the Democratic um, vote for Congress. That was the big upset, she, right? Yeah, I mean, she, you know, she won over. Uh, Lacey Clay, and I mean, he and his father have taken up 50 years in office between the two of them. Just generational um, Democrats in office. Um, she made she made waves, man, um, and, and rightfully so. I mean, it's it's you know she's uh, she's an activist, an outspoken activist, you know, who was at the forefront of um, Black Lives Matter during the Ferguson protests. And riots. So, um, I think that made waves. My only hope is this: I don't have much to. I don't have. I don't have anything to say about her or anyone else who's in that position, Democrat or Republican. If they ever once said that they care about the city of St. Louis, I really hope they start speaking out about the crime that's currently going on in the city. If they don't, then they're a poser to me. That's it. Then you, you've lost me already. Um, two homicides a day in St. Louis in 2020. Two a day. Which is insane, but, you know, we've talked about this topic before, and it's like, what do you, like, it's not like we have the answers to what needs to be done. I mean, we've thrown out some ideas here and there, but I don't know, I don't know what to do to lower that crime rate. Because a lot I mean, of that crime is coming, or a lot of, you know, that stuff is coming from, you know, the the lower income neighborhoods and stuff like that, too, you know? Yeah. A, a, a good start would be leaders and politicians actually speaking out on it. And they don't. They don't. They don't touch it. They're afraid to. Because it doesn't fit into the narrative. It doesn't bring in dollars. 
into the state, into the city. It doesn't. Well, I have to, um, I have to, look, I have to imagine though too, if there's not a real, uh, any, any real things put in place to fix it, when you talk about it, you're just putting more of a light on it. And if it doesn't get fixed, it looks <clears> bad because what are you doing to fix it? Well, I'll say this. The last thing you need to do is, and I'm using air quotes here, defund the police. Right. You defund, and I'm, again, using air quotes, right. or reallocate the money that is given to your police force. The people that suffer the most are those lower-income families and lower-income communities. Right. This is common sense. Now, Cori Bush has gone on record saying defund the police. Now, I don't know how serious she was. I don't know if she meant it. I don't know in what context that was. I've only read it. I've never heard her say it. Um, so, okay, so so you say that's common sense. But how how could she be at the forefront of Black Lives Matter but still have that also be on the side of defund the police? Like, doesn't it seem like those two things are kind of opposite of each other contradict each other yeah um you would think so but let me just before i answer that let me just say this too so one of the one of the things is again a, a leader or an activist such as herself now she's put in a position where she could she could really make some movement when it comes to this but again I'm not talking about it being racially motivated. I'm not talking about black on black crime. I'm not talking about white on white crime, white on black crime, black on black crime. I'm talking about crime. Right. I don't give a fuck right. who's doing it to who. The fact of the matter is it's happening. So to address it, I want it to be color free, free of color. Doesn't even matter, you know, which probably is not going to happen. And sadly, that's, that's a, a reality that I think we find ourselves in um but i would love for someone to just approach it that way you know when when this round of protests started happening after george floyd you know there were many people who kind of countered all of these black lives matter arguments and defund the police arguments and all this stuff too well what about black on black crime in the inner cities of the united states and some people would just respond to that. Well, you can't bring that up. A, you're not black, and B, that makes you racist. Not your problem, essentially. I feel like we're doing a cruel disservice to humanity if we're not making that everyone's problem. You know, I think it's my problem. Um, so, like, I think the idea of addressing it, but again, just making it void of race or color is going to make it more impactful because we haven't found out as a society to figure, we haven't figured out how to do that. Right. Yeah. Everything's racially motivated. Right. Without race, we don't have a story, you know? So like, I don't know. So my, my whole, again, my whole, my whole point on her, my opinion on her is look, I don't have one necessarily. I've heard the negative things about her. I myself upon researching her, and listening to her speak a few times on TV or whatever, or on YouTube, or have found some positives in her. My only hope is that she addresses the crime. If she doesn't, then I feel 
what are we even doing then? Yeah, um, but what but what are your other options as far as the person who's been in there for this long and nothing's been done? I mean, you still got to think that you got to give somebody, you know, the new person a chance, I guess, right? Sure. Yeah. Well, she also has to beat out the Republican nominee. So, we'll uh we'll see how that goes. I mean, I, I she's got she's got a tall tall task regardless you know but i think she made she made the most impact i would say right um but you know i mean i think it's a sign of um i guess the one last thing i'll say about it is we're seeing women and women of color get these nominations it's a sign that people as a community are hearing things and they're seeing things and they're trying to make a change. Doesn't make it necessarily the right change and it doesn't necessarily make it the right decision, but they're at least trying, you know? Um, Cause she doesn't, she doesn't get that nomination without the people. Yeah. Right. She didn't have, there were, there weren't enough campaign dollars regardless of what the, um, you know, the campaign ad said about her taking, and money from out of state and she had $200,000 raised and Bernie Sanders gave her the thumbs up. Like none of that really matters without the people. Right. You know? Yeah. So I don't know. But since you didn't vote, let's move to something else. Tell me, tell me your thoughts on this whole Brian Callen situation. Well, I guess we got to tell people what's going on first. He has been accused by what four women now of different things, including rape and including, uh, sexual assault, those kinds of things. Um, I have a couple of articles. If you want me to read one of the articles, I can. Um, it's a lot of it's just him. To, he he put out a video defending himself, basically saying that I am not this person. I could and would never be this person. He also said that he was not going to step away from anything that he was doing, but he has done that now. Uh, he also said that he was going to put out, he was going to do a podcast with Brendan Schaub and explain everything and give his side, which he right. also decided not to do. And I kind of agree with that. I think that, but in this scenario, what do you do? I mean, do you stay out there and just pretend that it's not happening? Do you keep doing the podcast? Do you keep doing all the the acting that you're doing and all that kind of stuff and just act like none of this is happening? Right. Or do you keep doing it and address everything? Or do you just stay out of the limelight? But when you stay out of the limelight, people look at you like, oh, well, he's not saying anything because he's guilty, of course, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm glad you asked that. So, well, let's first explain, just in case anyone doesn't know, who Brian Callen is. So Brian Callen's a comedian, stand-up comedian, right. actor, podcaster. He's on one of the biggest podcasts out there. It's called The Fighter and the Kid. Um, stand-up comedian. He's been to St. Louis quite a few times with his comedy. As far as his acting goes, I mean, I, I guess his biggest credit, and I've seen in the headlines, you know, he's a star of the Goldbergs, right. which was a huge show mm-hmm. on ABC. And then he had a spinoff around his character that was on the Goldbergs. But I mean... If you if that if none of that is doing anything for you, he's been in just about everything you've seen. He's been in The Hangover. He's been in Old School. 
He was in Sex and the City. He's on Mad TV. You know, I could go on and on. Right. Um, so look, he's not Tom Cruise, but he's a well-known fixture in ho- in the stand-up community, mm-hmm. the podcasting community, and in Hollywood. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. So okay. So I'm glad you brought up what you brought up because I thought his statement was his actual in front of the camera statement. Mm-hmm. I, he said he said two really important things. He acknowledged the fact that for people who have been accused of something like this before, they've done two things. They've either gone into a hole and they've gone into hiding and people haven't really heard from them again, or they've let the news cycle pass them by, right? So they've let the news go away and then they put out a, a public apology, but it's something written. It's something on social media. This dude said, fuck it. I'm going to go next day. I'm going to get in front of the camera and I'm going to tell you that I'm being falsely accused, which I thought was good. Yes. And I think the reason that I think it's great is this is because we've brought up, up on this podcast before anyone could say anything about anyone. And then all of this, all of a sudden it becomes matter of fact, you know, um, we just talked about the Crystalia situation. Mm-hmm. Now Crystalia took days to come back and, and sort of um, defend himself. And I think in his defense or in the defense of the accusations against him, I think we kind of discovered that he didn't do anything wrong necessarily. He might have um, been sort of wrapped into getting into these online conversations with girls two of which might have been underage. Once he found out they were underage, he said, whoa, got to go, right? I think his biggest crime is that he just likes girls who are barely of age, which again is not a crime. It's kind of gross to some of us, but he didn't commit any crime. Right. And so um, before, I go, before I go on, read the story about Brian Callen. So he, the, the main thing that, before you get into that, the main thing that is troubling to me is his biggest accuser is someone that he dated. Right. Well, but it was somebody he had an affair with, right? While he was married? No. Or is this a different woman? So, so that's those a, are that, two different that, people. Oh, this different person? Okay. Yeah. Okay, so this is this is a little long, but I'm going to read the whole thing. Is this, is this the LA Times article? This is the... Uh, it's from Vulture. The okay. LA Times one I have is with Brendan Schaub which I'll, I'll probably read that here in a little bit too. But so uh, let's see. A little over a month ago after comedian Chris D'Elia was accused of sexual misconduct, one of his closest friends is also at the center of allegations. According to a new report from the LA Times, four women have gone on the record to accuse comedian and the Goldberg star Brian Callen of sexual assault and misconduct. The allegations span back to 1999 when former Mad TV cast member Catherine Fior Tigerman alleges Callen raped her. Tigerman told the Times that she watched the allegations against Delia play out last month, and when Callan's name began to be mentioned, she felt relief and thought, oh, I'm not by myself in this. I finally feel powerful against him, and if I can get that feeling to somebody else, that would be great. So before, so I, go, right so before I go any farther, yeah. this is interesting because... When did his name get mentioned? Do what now? So when you read that, read uh-huh. that part again, when she said, when they talked about Chris Delia. Brian Callen's name got mentioned. When she talked about Crystalia, what do you mean? 
So when the accusations against Crystalia came out, one of his closest she said friends she felt relieved. Oh, okay. Uh, so let's see. Tigerman told the Times that she watched the allegations against Dalia play out last month, and when Callan's name began to be mentioned, she felt relief and thought, oh, I'm not by myself in this. I finally feel powerful against him. So does that mean that some, she wasn't the first one to make the allegations, I'm guessing? That's my question. Mentioned by who? Right. Who are you, ta who are you talking to? Because you're the first one to go public. Right. So you know her other accusers or his other accusers? You know, either that or or she just wasn't the first person to make the allegations. Somebody else made the same allegations and then she felt like she was now she's not the only one. But she's it, the first one to go public. OK, well, so then if that if that's the case, then I'm not sure. So what were you going to say? I was going to say that this is interesting because. This. It's from the way the articles that I've read, this seems like this would not have happened. This would these allegations would not have been put out there if the whole Crystalia situation didn't happen. So it almost feels like a piggyback off that on somebody who's friends with Crystalia. Now, I'm not saying that I'm for or against Brian Callum because I have no idea. None of us know what actually happened if he actually did this stuff. I'm not I'm not, you know, trying to have his back here. I'm just saying that it feels like it could be a piggyback off the Crystalia situation. So I'm, I mean, don't you think so? Like, do you agree with that? I think it was a boost and I think it made it accessible and easier for her to make these accusations. But, so but some of the things that, but what, what, what I want to say with that too, is that if, if that is the case and if he really did do these things, then it sort of is a good thing that the Crystalia situation happened for her to be able to come out and do the, and say these things. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Do, you know what I mean? Go, you know what it I mean? It goes both ways, sure. But also to what you said a while ago, all you have to do is say something like this. And you're entitled to money and the other person is in, basically going to lose their career or has a good chance How of losing their career. How is she entitled to money I'm not saying she's okay. When I say entitled, I mean that that's most of the time what they're going after, and they're probably right. going to get a settlement somewhere. But there's no police charge. We're talking about a felony, right? But but don't I'm, I know there's a statute of limitations and I get it it was 21 years ago but okay well I'm not saying this situation in general but I'm saying other situations like that don't you don't like do you think these women are are going after money or you think they are just going after him getting in trouble for this 21 years later I don't think they're I don't I don't think they're going after money I think they're if if something did happen they feel safe to say it. Um, this feels like a Law and Order SVU episode. And whoever wrote that LA Times article, that's why I asked you if you had the Times article, uh -huh. where she goes into like vivid detail of what he did and how he raped her and all that shit. It was like an episode of SVU. I don't know. It, was, cre it was creepy. I don't know that I'd seen that. And it's not in this article, I don't think. The, the biggest thing that she that one of these girls said was that he pinned her up against a wall um, 
but that was still just, it, it says that he pinned her up against a wall and kissed her. And then he said to another one that women have a biological. Yeah. What did he say? What, what do you have it there? Uh, I know. I, I know what's in here. Hang on. Give me a two. biological Sorry. inclination to get raped or something like that. It's something close to that. I know it is. Uh, hang on. Doesn't that sound like something that would be written for a show like Law and Order? It does. Okay, a, a biological primal desire to be raped. So now, there is several things here with that because, for one, if you have ever listened to Brian Cowan talk, that sounds like something that he would say. But, yeah, but but that could also be written very easily to sound like something that Brian Callen would say. That's a, that's exactly right. He's a, he's a talking head. Yes. He's a podcaster. But he also tries to be an articulate and insightful guy and philosophical guy. Um that to me sounds like someone is trying to write in his voice. Yeah. That's just it. But also if he did say something like that, he has an insane mental illness. That's creepy. That is very creepy. It's creepy. But, but the, so back to the, the girl, the first lady that you mentioned, mm -hmm. she was on mad TV with him. And then she auditioned to play his wife on a TV show, like five years later after this supposedly happened. Right. Like, look, I look, man, I know like we all want to do what we can for our careers. And, but I don't know, man, I, I just, I'm not I'm not saying he's innocent because I don't know, like he said. I'm not taking sides here, but man, this just feels weird. Something about it feels weird. Yeah. Um well, the one of the things he did say though in his, his in his video, which I felt was completely unnecessary, is how important the Me Too movement is to him. Yeah. It's irrelevant. Doesn't matter. Honestly. Like, I'm glad it's important to you, but honestly, in your situation, it doesn't matter. It doesn't make you any, it doesn't make you look any less innocent or any more guilty, you know? Right. Uh, it didn't do anything. So I, I thought it was a weird thing to say. Um, and speaking of weird, I thought it was weird how his co-host, Brendan Schaub, responded. So if you remember back when Chris Delia, the Chris D'Elia accusations came out, Brendan Schaub cried on his podcast. Right. Couldn't even speak. Right. But yet his co-host of, fuck, I don't know, 10 years almost. They've been, uh, how long has that show been around? It's almost 10 years, right? It's been a while. His, his, his supposed best friend and co-host of 10 years now has accusations and he goes, ah, can't say, can't say anything. Can't really talk about it. And then he goes on to have an hour and a half long podcast with someone else. Right. What? I know. But he did say that, like, oh, I talked to Brian about it. Brian doesn't want me to say anything because I have inside information that will just make him look worse. And I was like, why would you even that, say that? Yeah, that was a weird thing to say. He said that. Right? I'm not making that up. Do you have the, the article? Uh, like, yeah. I feel like he said it. I don't even know if I'm paraphrasing. I feel like he said those exact words. Like, why would you even say that? All right, so I'm going to read part. I'm going to read part of this article too. So it says Brendan Schaub, a former UFC heavyweight who is Callan's other half on the fighter and the kid, said in a new episode Monday that obviously I stick by the man called his partner in crime. But Schaub did not comment specifically on the accusations Callan is facing, saying he would let his friend speak for himself. Callan has asked me not. Okay, 
this drives me nuts. Brendan Schaub has these little, like when he talks, he he adds these different sayings into how he talks. And the fact that he's doing an article about his best friend in this situation, and he says, Callan asked me not to go hard in the paint for him on the show because apparently if I say what I want to say, it's going to get Callan in more trouble and bring more attention to Callan. He asked, me not, like he, he asked me not to go hard in the paint for him. Come on. And there's another one here, too. Give me a second. You don't like that saying, hard in the paint? It's, it's just so dumb to put... Because you grew it. up in the sticks, dude. You it's, don't know what it it's means. It's just so <laughs> dumb in, in an article. No, but remember, he didn't... This isn't an article. This is a, this. is These are excerpts taken or, from yeah, the podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's true. So it's not like he, someone's, he, didn't, he didn't sit down with someone interviewing him and say, hard in the paint. He was yeah, just speaking freely on the podcast, but... I don't have a, I don't have a problem with hard in the paint. I have a problem with him saying, "Well, if I speak my say it say the last part again," because it's driving me crazy. Well, he said if, if he said because apparently if I say what I want to say, it's going to get Callan in more trouble and bring more pe- more attention to Callan. So my hands are a little tied. How? What how the hell does he trouble? know? I don't know. Yeah. How's it going to get him in more trouble? And so unless he knows that Brian Callan had sex with that woman last week how's it going to get him in trouble but it's something like he's saying if i say what i want to say that's what that's the thing too is like he would not want to say that he that he knows that brian callen did these things so that's what's weird to me it's like he's got he wants to say something that he thinks is going to help him possibly but i, I don't know Callan it, doesn't think it's going to help him. i guess yeah i don't know it's weird so two people two other people have sort of spoken spoken out on this. The first one, he did like a, well, it's a 30-minute clip, but 30 minutes on Sam, Tri- Sam Tripoli did a video, and he basically defended Callan to the moon and back Okay. about there's no way that he did this. I know the guy, and you know why I know he didn't do it? Because I've been in this industry for a long time. I've been in Hollywood a long time. I've been at the comedy store a long time, and he goes, believe me, when something goes down, the walls talk. Right. And people know everything about everyone. He goes, I've never heard any of this about him. Because uh, two of the other, one of the other people accusing him is a female comedian who claims that he uh, offered her more stage time for a blowjob right. and money or something like that. Yeah. And Tripoli claims to know who that person is and know that person semi well. And he goes, look, if that were a thing, we would have heard about it. Um, so he came out and said something, and then did, Andrew Schultz. Also, did he have that much clout 21 years ago? Who? Brian Callen. Like, he did he well, have? That, but see, that situation wasn't 21 years ago. That's see, this is why this oh, this is all crazy to me. So it's everything's being distorted by somehow everyone thinks it happened at one time. So okay. the one woman who was his co-star on Mad TV. Right. That was 21 years ago. They okay. had a relationship. Right. He claims that they dated and that she had a boyfriend and didn't tell him. So she wanted to break it off because she didn't think it was fair to the boyfriend. And then they, you know, had to work together in the future and all this stuff. Then there's a, an employee at a store who apparently he apparently pushed against the wall and kissed her. Right. And then there was another employee who he said that the rape thing was a primal whatever about rape. And then the fourth one is the stand-up comedian who said, yeah, he told me he would give me more stage time if I blew him. 
Well, this this Claire Gann shirt, who was an aspiring actress when she met Callan in 2012, when she was 23, uh, said she had a four-year affair with Callan while he was married. Okay, that's not a crime. So why are you even talking? Right. Uh, let's see. And well, then... but that's that's why the, all of the it's like a web of deceit. This entire article and the way it's being presented. Yeah. Well, this is why this, does that matter? That's that just makes him a bad guy. He cheated on his wife. Right. Well, that's the you know? same. That's the same woman that claims in 2016 that he said the whole biological primal. What is it? Biological primal desire to be raped. Okay. So maybe he was joking. He's a comedian. Yeah. You were in a four-year relationship with him. Uh, so what did he do after that? So it says, comedian named Tiffany King also alleged that in 2017, Callan tried to pressure her to give him oral sex in exchange for stage time and money at, at the time. So that makes, yeah. not, that it ha- not that it happened or didn't, we have no idea, but that makes more sense that he would be in more of a position to do something like that you know, three years ago versus that long ago. Sure. I didn't know. I didn't know the time difference. I don't even know if the time difference matters or who he is as far as how into, you know, how successful he is in his career even matters. You know, you could start saying up comedy tomorrow, show up at a comedy club and you could do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know that's far fetched and I'm, I'm, I'm I'm painting a picture or a scenario that's likely never going to happen. It's very astronomically low that that happens, but it could, you know. Um, I just have the, the everything. So, have you thought about the conspiracy theories around this? Have I seen them, or have I thought about any? Have you thought Have you thought about who is the main guy that? Chris D'Elia, Brian Callen, all these guys are tied to. Who's the godfather of all Well, this? it'd be Rogan, but what's the conspiracy? I don't know. He just signed a Spotify deal, and people don't know how much money, but it's a lot of money. Maybe that's just too much power for him to have, so they need to start. They can't get Rogan. They've already tried to cancel him once, so they're going to hold off on Rogan, and they're going to start taking down his posse. And just watch the fucking wall crumble down until they finally get something on Rogan. Dude, listen. Even if it's just $100 million, okay? Let's say he got $100 million. He gets to say and do and speak to and interview whoever and whomever he wants. He has a lot of power. Hundred million dollars, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of power to persuade a lot of people into thinking something. Whether it be Elon Musk is shooting a car into space, whether it be Bernie Sanders is the right candidate to vote for in twenty twenty, whether it be Andrew Yang is the proper candidate, whether it be all all of these people he talks to, you know. Yeah. I, I I said back when it happened, when he had Bernie Sanders on, I go, oh no. This is a completely different ballgame. He's 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 crossing over into territory that I don't think he necessarily was ready for. But I think he's done it now. It's been what was Bernie Sanders two years ago? I think when he had him on. I think so. At this point. Yeah. Maybe two, I don't even know if it's been a full two years, but I think now he's I'm not gonna say he's in over his head, 
but he's at he's at the point where he's got this power. I look at the Spotify deal the same way as when Howard Stern went over to Sirius Satellite Radio. You know, before Howard Stern went and did that, he had, and I'm talking about media power and in just media generated influence. He had a ton. And he was doing all of that under the restrictions of the FCC. Right. When he went to Sirius Satellite Radio, the reason that it was such a big deal to the people who didn't want him to have that power is because he no longer operates under those rules. Rogan's never done that. Right. You know, now he gets all this money to keep moving forward and keep putting on the biggest podcast there is, keep having these influential people in front of however many listeners he has. And I mean, look at it this way. He has 9 million subscribers on YouTube. Right. That's 9 million people who probably have said, I didn't have time to catch the whole show. I'm really hoping to catch 15 minutes. I don't even know what the numbers are for his actual subscribers to the podcast audio only, you know, right. Dude, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of influence. Yeah. I just, now, I, I know this is, I, again, I, this is a conspiracy, but I know. And I, I understand where it comes from. I just don't understand what, is it just like, okay, well we can't get Rogan, but it's the next best thing. Let's ruin the careers of the people around him. How does that, affect rogan you know well, again, what I, you, this, you know what i mean well, let me say this you, you, he's at the top you have all these guys underneath him that are highly successful in their own right um here's here's how i look at it i think they want what i think they're they're a group of people who wanted to attack the power source before they all left LA. Okay. Rogan made the announcement that he's moving to Texas, which I think is a brilliant move. It's a brilliant move. California's shit right now. Yeah. You know, they're raising taxes there. The, the state itself is bankrupt. They're not going to make more money just because they raise taxes. It's only going to get worse. And he, he, he's a successful person who makes a lot of money. He doesn't want to lose half of his money. Right. You know, for what? Half of his money to not benefit from living in California. You know, the reason that you moved to LA, the reason that you moved there is for all of the um, industry benefits you get, the beautiful weather, whatever. He's not going to get that. A, the state is still shut down. B, they're going to take more money away from him. Why do it there when you can go somewhere else and not get taxed like Texas? You know? So what I think, what I think it was is they wanted to hit the power source before he left LA. Now all these other guys, they're getting out too. Joey Diaz is leaving. Oh, really? He's moving to Jersey. Oh, geez. Why do you think he got a Patreon, dude? Wow. He's not going to get the same sponsors living in New Jersey as he was in L.A. Right. You know, all of his sponsors were those L.A.-based sponsors. Um, Theo Vaughn's moving to Nashville. Wow. You know, all of these guys have talked about leaving. So I'm saying... Which I mean that I mean that's because that's another show that uh, Brian not Brian kind of Brennan Schaub does too the what's the King and the Sting is that what it's called Yeah which I, I wonder yeah. I wonder if that'll stop or if they'll continue doing it through Zoom or something Yeah who knows how that's gonna work I mean that's what I heard I don't know obviously don't know if it's one hundred percent true but right. last I heard is was he's moving as well Gotcha Um 
this just all feels weird. Maybe L.A. really is that shitty of a place, and it's just a corrupt cesspool of shit. And once you move there, and once you get in the industry, some people, regardless of how they look on camera, regardless of how they sound on their podcast, they might be nice people in the public eye, but behind closed doors, they're shitheads. I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, that, that is a possibility, and there there's no doubt in my mind, and I'm not saying it's these guys that did it, but there's no doubt in my mind that there was a time in L.A. and Hollywood and stuff like that where the people who had the power knew they had power, and they took advantage of that power for people who wanted to further their career, and they did it in the wrong ways, and yeah, in terrible ways. Everywhere. I know, I know, but I'm just... The problem is it's the entertainment industry. It's show business. Yeah. So right away, we're talking about something completely different. It almost has to be corrupt in order for it to work and flourish. You know, right. it has to be based on corruption in order for it to be as profitable and um, just successful as it can be, you know. The, it, but, but it's like that everywhere. You see Ellen's getting canceled? I did. Well, is that a, <laughs> is that a for sure thing or no? Bye. I don't know. I mean, just cancel. I mean, just think of how. Now, that, let's talk about that for a second. The it that's because of like nothing like this, like nothing like what's no, going no, no. on, Brian Count. But it's more about like people behind the scenes getting treated like shit and and stuff like it's that. Millennials right? being pussies. That's what it is. But my my question is. Do, I mean, because of how they were treated in the back or whatever, that doesn't necessarily like. Has anybody come out and said that Ellen treated me like shit? No, they just said it was a toxic work environment. Guess so, what? so how is so how She's is your that? Boss. Everyone's boss treats them like shit, man. That's why they're the boss, dude. It happens yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Deal with it. Like, what the fuck are we talking about? Toxic, toxic. Could you imagine twenty years ago? Walking into your boss's office and go, hey, I gotta, I gotta go. This is a toxic work environment. Right. They'd look at you and go, I don't even know what you're saying. Bye. <laughs> like, bye. Like, look, what are you even saying? What does that even mean? Yeah. Um, but I did see today that the DJ that she had on that show claims that, yeah, this is a horrible place to work. I'm out. Like, I, I get it. I get why everyone's saying it. I don't know. Does the boss treat you poorly? Like, oh man, what a, what a bummer. But is that, but is that Go work her? somewhere else then? But is that Ellen directly? I don't know. Probably. It's her show. Don't, wouldn't she be the main boss of the show? I don't know. Besides so, the network that it's on. Something that doesn't surprise me, but still kind of disturbs me is that apparently several people have come out and said that they were told when they go on that show to spend a little bit of time saying how much they love Ellen. And if you, apparently if you watch, which I don't know if I've ever seen a whole episode of Ellen before or any, I've never of, watched I don't think I've, yeah, I don't think I have either, but apparently if you watch it, you're going to see a lot, like the majority of people go on there and talk about how big of a fan they are of Ellen and stuff like that, which it doesn't surprise me, but it's still disturbing to me. Let me just say this. It, if she treat it, look, I I equate this to oh my boss is a jerk, so I I want my boss canceled. This is a toxic work environment. 
you know how hard Ellen DeGeneres had to work to get to where she is right now? Right. Coming out as gay when she did, when it was not cool to do so. Right. Right. Starting as a stand-up comedian, then actress, then becoming one of the biggest, like, do you know what she had to do and put up with in order to get to where she's at? Do you think she really gives a fuck if some 22-year-old intern doesn't like being talked down to? Right. Do you know how many times Ellen got talked down to? Like, for real, just think about that. I yeah, mean, I know. think of how shitty she must have been treated. Right. And, you but, know, and in it, her progression it, it, to where she is. But... It, I, I don't know. It's like, should there be a toxic environment? No. Are we living in a time of millennials right now that are offended and get mad and sad about everything and ha- and it has you know has to make it a thing? Yes. So I, I'm not ag- I'm not agreeing. I'm not agreeing with the toxic environment, but I'm also not agreeing with somebody who's in a toxic environment. Who, because I don't know what that toxic toxic environment means. Everybody's going to be talked down to. It just it happens. It, but 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 also what you're saying is those people who are working for Ellen should be putting themselves in the shoes of Ellen when she was grow when she was coming through and thinking there's this is nowhere near what she had to put up with to get to where yeah. she is. You know. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not for or against any of this. I'm just saying that it's like you have you have to see both sides, and of course, these this younger generation is not. Yeah, put yourself in the boss's shoes. Like, do you want to? What, what do you want to do? Do you want do you want to advance in your career, or do you want to stay at the bottom? Well, if you want to stay at the bottom, then you're going to continue to be offended by the people that are above you. That's just the power structure. That's how it works. Right. There are people who are superior to you in the workforce. You know, you should be striving to get in their position and boot them the fuck out. You know, get above them and then treat them like shit. I know this is <laughs> this is. I know you're this cre- is an you're creating the toxic environment. <laughs> but I'm telling you that that environment is unavoidable. We're never going to live in a perfect world. That's a perfect world situation. I'll tell you, so like quick story. So I'm not going to name names or even what the company was. So once upon a time, I worked for a company and I went to a baseball game with CEO. Okay. He was one of the founders of the company and he took myself and a couple of other people to Cardinals game. Okay. Here in St. Louis, he has, I don't even know if I can say this. Well, I'll say it. So he owns... He owns a suite overlooking the ballpark. And this okay. is the old Bush Stadium. Okay. This is when this happened. Okay. So he takes a bunch of us to the game, pays for everything, keeps buying us beers. He's having mixed drinks, right? He's getting lit. And the whole time I'm watching this guy, I go, man, he's really nice to us. But to everyone else, he's not an asshole, but he just exudes this sort of charisma of like, I got to where I'm at because I don't care what you think or what you think or what you think. Right. And I'm going to do me right now. This may be a douchey thing is the way I'm explaining it. But I, my takeaway from that was, wow, he started the company when he was in college. It was just him and another guy. They didn't have a pot to piss in. 
and he built that company up into what it is now. It's a multi-million dollar corporation. You know, um, it's very popular. So I go, look, man, in order to do that, to build something from the ground up like that and succeed, you kind of have to be a dick sometimes, right? There are going to be people along the way that you upset, you know? It's just human nature. There's no way to avoid it. It's like I said, we don't we don't live in a perfect world. Um, so for those people that feel it's a toxic work environment, well, bad news for you. What are you going to do ten years from now? You know, right. when you're still in the same position, right? I don't know. Well, like, well, not that, like that wants to work hard. Like not everyone wants to work for that. Everyone thinks that it should just sort of not be handed to them, but it should sort of trickle down. There's this trickle down effect where eventually it will land in my lap, right? right? If I stay here and I don't fuck up and I don't complain too much and I work semi-hard, it'll trickle down and it'll fall in my lap and then I'll be okay. And then I can start influencing people. It doesn't necessarily work that way. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't either, to be honest with you. It's, you it's it, it, what, what, what I was going to say is that like the scenario you're painting with the, the CEO is it's a, it's a confidence thing. Like you, you have to like what, what you're saying, like he exudes this, it's maybe like an arrogance, like with a lot of people, arrogance and confidence go, go hand in hand with each other. I think it comes off as arrogance or confidence to, everyone else. Right. But I think for him, it's just a, it's a profound understanding of his, his own ability. Yeah. Right. To react to situations and control social situations and all of this stuff. Right. You know, it's just an, it's, it's an understanding of his own reality and he makes his own reality. That's my point. Yeah. No one else makes his reality for him. He does it. I walked away from that being inspired. You know, I, it was, it was a learning experience because I was a, a piece of shit punk kid, you know. Um, and I'll be honest, at the time, I was working hard, but I wasn't working that hard. And I saw other people who were getting things, and I would get go, I would go oh, man, well, that person, blah, blah, blah. And I'd worry about the wrong things. I was worried about other people instead of myself, instead of working hard. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I know that's very generic. Well, but, 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 it, but it's, but it's really not because it's the, the scenario of, I want to be that, but other people are getting that. I'm not getting that. So you work harder. Well, I didn't and necessarily it, it, want to be him. I just, again, I wanted to sort of make my own reality. That's yeah. kind of what I'm, the, the biggest takeaway is, is make, make my own situation, make my own environment, my own reality. Um, like, I don't have to be. Not me necessarily, but some people don't have to be a multimillionaire for that to to be their their happiness right. or their bliss, you know. And I don't even know if money is necessarily his. I'm just saying he was just in control of him and 15 feet around him, right? If you come into this bubble, right. you're walking into his world, right? That's a powerful thing, man. Um, you know, the one person, the, motivating thing. The, the one person, and of course we've never worked for him, so we don't know exactly what he is behind the scenes, but from what I imagine, I don't know how the rock is, how he is. Like he seems like genu genuinely, like he has so much power, but he seems like he is the nicest guy ever. 
Yeah. I don't I don't know how he does that. The like, worst I, thing he does is post pictures of cookies that are his cheat meals. God, dude. It's insane. So what do you think about him? Uh, well, he didn't buy the XFL himself. Um, he's a part of the investment group that bought it. Um, and his ex-wife as well. Yeah, I, I see it as low risk. Absolutely. Super high reward. Super Absolutely. high reward. Dude, he bought the XFL for $15 million. Well, not he, they. Well, see, they, so, the I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, he's part of... the media gets you. Right, but he's part of yeah. a group that paid $15 million to buy an entire league. This isn't a team. This is a league for $15 million, which is chump change to even if it was just him buying it. $15 million is nothing for something that, I mean, it had legs to stand on in depending on the market well, that it was in. I don't know. But, they, did, they did file for bankruptcy, so I don't, I don't know if they had... I don't yeah, they but, had legs to stand on, but well, but we talked about that. I, I and I don't, I just don't know if it's true or not. But you know, we talked about how that was a Corona virus thing, and it was a decision by Vince McMahon because they had to stop it, and that he took that money out of XFL to put it back into the WWE. Let me ask you this: Do you really think Vince McMahon was hurting for fifteen million dollars? I have no idea, but do you? I mean. Do you think that's what it? Do you think that's what the amount was? No, I'm just, I'm just because, saying because they're buying that out of, like it's in bankruptcy court right now. So like it's even the deal right. isn't finalized yet. Right, right. I guess what I'm saying is, did Vince McMahon really need to take the money out of the XFL and put it back into the WWE? I don't like, know. I mean, really, I mean, the, the, I mean, maybe that was the smart play, right? Because if you look at it. That's just money you're pulling out of a piggy bank. Right. Right. But do you want to know what Vince McMahon's net worth is? I mean, it's, it's in the, it's gotta be, is it in the billions? 1.8 billion. Yeah. Dude, that's a lot of scratch. I know it is. If, if, if there's anything that, if there's anyone who could defeat cor the coronavirus, it's Vince McMahon. <laughs> Financially, I mean. Financially, I mean. He's yeah. not a scientist, everyone. I'm not saying that. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't work in a strip mall. He wasn't employed by Donald Trump to defeat the coronavirus. Um, well, speaking of other billionaires, did you see what um, Spotify, the Spotify CEO said about artists and bands and what so, they should do about making more money on Spotify. I mean, you'll have to give me the, the rundown on this. I don't know where this actually came from, if this was just a statement made because a lot of artists have complained about what they make from Spotify. I know that they don't make hardly anything, and everyone complains about Spotify, and I know that what his statement basically was was make more music. We're in a time where you can't just get by with making and putting out an album every couple of years. Yeah, no, I mean, you basically nailed it. Um, but before I, t before I get into it, remember we had the discussion about who is the highest paying, who is the lowest paying, right? I was unclear on those statistics, but I have them. So the lowest paying platform is YouTube giving roughly 0 0.00074 to record labels per stream. 
though the number does fluctuate. I'm using quotes. Pandora is the second least generous platform, followed by Spotify, which pays 0.00397 per stream. Amongst the major streaming platforms, Tidal pays out the most money, giving out 0.01284 per stream. And then Rhapsody and Xbox also pay more than a penny per stream. I don't even know who Tidal is. Is that a pretty big name? That's the, um, I want to say Jay-Z is one of the owners of that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Never looked at it, never been on it, never seen it. Um, never going to. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically he said this. Obviously some artists that used to do well in the past may not do well in this future landscape where you can't record music once every three to four years and think that's going to be enough. His name also is Daniel Eck. He said this to Music Ally. I don't know who that is. But unequivocally, from the data, there are more and more artists that are able to live off streaming income in itself. So basically what he's saying is you got to put out more music, more product, 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 and then you'll make money from streaming. Now, I see his point, and we can see his point working today because – the generation of music fans, and by music fans, this generation, the younger kids, they don't care if you call your music art. They don't care how much time you put into it. It's that total package I was talking about. Have you, create, have you created a buzz? Have you been on social media? And have you been active there? Have you created a story for me to follow? Are you cool? Do you have this image that I can sort of absorb? All of these things. With that said, you can put out an album every two months and it's not going to fucking matter what it sounds like, right? He's talking about people who don't call their music art. He's talking about Takashi 69 That's who he's talking about. And guess what? That guy is flourishing in a streaming environment. Really? He's killing it. He's killing it. But the problem is, is the argument that most people have around that is, is there a staying power? Is there a lasting effect? To putting out all of this music so quickly, it not really be, it not really being that high of quality. Now look, that guy specifically that I, that I just named, he's a dog shit MC. He's a horrible rapper. But whoever makes his fucking beats is a fucking artiste. They make great beats that are catchy as fuck and they're easy to listen to. So right there, you've got the listener, right? Whatever nonsense that goober is saying is irrelevant. Right. Well, the other part of that is like you're saying, you know, this generation of kids listening to music is that music is fly by night with these kids, with the people like the younger generation listening to music now, it seems like like it's like you put out a song right now that can be catchy as catchy as hell. Six months from now, that's forgotten. That can be forgotten about because somebody Six else. Six months from now, that's considered a throwback. Right. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's what have you done for me lately? Right. But. The thing is, is that unless Look, like, unless, unless you're a major artist, the money that you're going to have to spend to be in the recording studio several times a year to put out that much music, is that, I mean, are you going to still make more off of the streaming than you are for the what you're going to have to spend to put that, that record out? No. Unless you're like a major artist. See, but that's, that's where, but that's, this is where the, the, 
it's not black and white because major artist, what does that mean? You know, what does that mean? I mean, a, a, like a major band who's going to get millions of streams no matter what they put out. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say this, what he said, I don't necessarily agree with, nor do I disagree with it because I think it does work. However, when it comes to rock bands, and I'm, again, I'm using critical air quotes here. When it comes to bands, that statement does not apply. Rock bands are not going to pump out a record every six months. They're just not. Right. They're not. Most bands. Some bands have. Some bands can. The artist that he's talking about, he's talking about the SoundCloud artist. He's talking about this younger generation of musical artists that can pump out this material without really worrying about how does the music make me look. And by that, I mean, how does the quality of the music, are people worried about whether I'm a musician or an artist? And again, I'm putting those big air quotes up. Do you think Takashi 69 gives a flying fuck if people consider him an artist? Right. Fuck no. I would even go off to, I would venture to say that, do you think that Taylor Swift cares if people consider her a real musician or an artist? Fuck no. Maybe not now. Maybe three or four albums ago she might have. I'm just, sure that got lost. I don't think she cared. You don't think so? And if she did, I think someone goes, hey, you need to stop worrying about that. You need to stop worrying about that. Trust me. We have your next four singles. We're going to put them out. You're going to be a gajillionaire. You're going to be successful. Trust me. Oh, you want to write them too? That's cool. Sit in the room. Well, I mean, pluck when, your, when, pluck, your, pluck your little guitar like you're doing something. We got you. Well, there's also a, a, a thing like when you get to like her level, no matter what you put out, you're going to get the streams because you have the base. Of course. Of course. Well, the, the funny thing is this. is So the people who have kind of taken to social media to complain about this have primarily been older artists from rock bands, you know, which those are the ones that are at the forefront of trying to get Spotify, suing Spotify and trying to get them, you know, trying to get a change when it comes to how the artists get paid. Now, look, if you tell the fans to boycott Spotify, that doesn't help the artists either. Right. So they're fucked either way. You know, you can't tell them not to go to Spotify, right? And you certainly don't want to be that asshole that goes, well, I only care about my true fans. I don't care about kids. Why would you, why would you say that? You know? Well, I mean, um, if, I guess, I guess if you, if Spotify, so where was Spotify on that list that you get, you gave a while ago? Uh, they are the third worst. The third worst. At paying up. Yeah. So I guess the question is, if you tell if you tell your fans to boycott Spotify, don't listen to us on Spotify, does that hurt you or does that push them to other streaming platforms to where you may potentially make more money? Yeah, but even if they go to other platforms, it's not that significant of a change gotcha. in dollar amount that it's going to matter anyway. I think ultimately it hurts you. You gotcha. certainly should not tell your fans not to stream your music these days. Yeah, right. 10 years ago, fine. Hey, don't stream us, buy a record. Fine. Not now. It's just, it doesn't make sense. Considering a record, so some of the really. Some people that have come out, uh, first one I see here is Mike Portnoy. Really? 
What a greedy little bitch. It's bad enough that he's worth billions based on stealing and giving away other musicians' music. But now he's suggesting we need to make more, in all capital letters, music for him, all capital letters, to make more money. Fuck Spotify and fuck this guy. I have eight full album releases in 2020 and will make peanuts on them, if anything at all. So his theory of artists needing to make more music to succeed is shit. Who does he, Who? what band is he in now? He's best known as uh, Dream Theater, so, right? Dream Theater. I, I don't know what he's doing. But he's, I, I didn't know, because he, he was in Avenged for a while, too, after. Yeah, I have no idea what he's doing now. Okay. I just gotcha. pissed off three metalheads in their basement. So did he, did uh, he say he's putting out eight albums in 2020? That's what he said. Dude, that's a lot. A collected effort of all of the projects he has, probably. But man, how do you keep that pace? And as you said, rock bands aren't going to. I didn't say they're not going to, and I didn't say they necessarily can't. But it's not typically the way they do things. Yeah. Or you do what he had. You have all of these projects. Right. But one band putting out three albums in a year, very unlikely. Right. Very unlikely. One of them's going to get killed. One of them's going to end up in jail for killing the one that's dead now, right? <laughs> and then the other three are going to quit. That's just what... um, are you just saying that a band can't be in studio that much with each other? Definitely not. D. Snyder. <laughs> um, while you, the listener, benefit and enjoy Spotify, it's part of what's killing a major income stream for artists slash creators. The amount of artists rich enough to withstand this loss are about 0.0001%. Daniel X's solution is for us to write and record more on our dime. Fuck him. Um, Sebastian Bach, when this guy puts out an album himself, I will listen to him tell me about my albums. David Crosby, who's at, uh, I think, one of the main guys suing Spotify. I think we talked about that once. Um, you're an obnoxious, greedy little shit, Daniel X. So there you have it. Yeah. But again, all Straight older artists, point. you know, there, there, there aren't younger artists saying, oh, no, fuck that. I can't put out three records in a year. Like, um, I mean, even your giant names aren't doing that, though. Like Taylor Swift, is she putting out three albums in a year? Justin Bieber, is he putting out three albums in a year? Your MGK, you said he's getting ready to blow up like crazy. You think he's going to be putting out three albums in a year? Fair point, but let's see. His albums have come, let me see. We'll just use ha him and it has an example here. Let me see what I can find <clears throat> really quick. I just think it's not, it, it's not realistic if you're super controlling of the content and like you're just, like me, like I'm a fucking, it has to be perfect or I don't want anyone to hear it. You know, like right. I, but there are people who aren't like that. They'll go, yeah, fuck it. But uh, I know it's good. I don't care. Like, you know. Um, but I, th I think there are perfectionists out there that just will not allow something that they don't put the stamp of approval on to be put out. So what regardless do regardless of whether a record label says yes, do it or whatever? But so what do you you think that like contracts with record labels moving forward? will require more albums per year? Like, I don't it, think so. 
is that a thing though? Like, don't like it doesn't want a record label set, you know, put up the money to do, to do all the promotion and, uh, you know, all those kinds of things, but they require, di- you know, different records and stuff at, at different or within a certain amount of time. Is that a thing or no? I think it's a total amount of records that you have to make. I don't know if it's within a specific amount of time. Now that could be a thing. I have no idea. Okay. I don't think you're typically going to see a band doing that because you're going to put out a record. You're going to go tour in support of it. There's just not going to be enough time right. to get another one done. Right. You know, you got to make the money back and you have to do it through touring. Yeah. You know? Right. Um, I mean, he had an album in 2017. He put out Hotel Diablo in 2019 and his next album is going to come out this year. Um, so basically 2012, 2015, 2017, 2019, 2020. So the last, so, so two years, every two years for the last four, three, no. So 2017, 2019, 2020? 2012, 2015, 2017, 2019, 2020. So he's definitely closing the gap. He, well, yeah. But he's been one of the most active people during this pandemic. Right. It's just content, content, content. Which all of, by the way, is streaming. Yeah. So he's another example. Right. You know? All of that shit's streaming. You want to hear his cover of Misery Business by Paramore? Streaming. You want to hear his fucking diss track uh, on Eminem? Streaming. You want to hear his fucking, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, Fuck. Smoking in my car. I don't know if that's what it's called for sure, but that, that thing he did streaming, all of this stuff is streaming. You know, the, the, uh, the Jack Harlow freestyle he did that shit streaming, like all of it's out there. So he fits into that model where like that CEO is saying, like just keep putting out content. He doesn't necessarily mean records necessarily. Maybe he does, which I think is impossible, but I'm trying to see. Takashi six nine. <laughs> so is he is he out of prison now? Yeah, yeah. Is he, he just like, filmed is a it, video? Is he in Witsec or what? Is he what? Or what's what's that called? Is it no witness witness protection? What's the no, the smaller no. version of that? So he just got off house arrest and he did okay. a he shot a video in Brooklyn, I think, where he's basically like saying all the people that said he would never go outside again because he snitched or whatever. Yeah. Like, well, you'll get killed. He did a basically went out to the streets and filmed a music video. Oh wow! Dude, the the guy's a fucking goon, but he's a <laughs> marketing genius. Whoever's if he's not doing it himself, whoever's in his ear, whoever is in control of that, they're a genius. That's why he doesn't necessarily need the staying power, or the lasting power for those songs he's put out. He puts out because he's just going to keep pumping them out, and people are just looking for the controversy for the the buzz, the hype. That's all they're looking for. That next quick six. Right. You know, it's fine, dude. It's, I don't know if a band can do that. You know, I really don't. I can't think of any newer bands that do do that. I really can't. And maybe I just don't know about them. Maybe that's me being old, but even like the younger, the younger bands that I listen to, their records are spaced out. They're not putting out, two records in a year. Right. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, I mean, maybe, that guy, maybe. you know, it's gotta be hard too. I mean, you're, you're, you're getting paid 
0.00037 cents per stream or whatever. And you're hearing a guy who has billions of fucking dollars say work harder. Hey, fuck you. Right. But hey, it's not a toxic work environment. Just work harder. <laughs> and bring it back around. <laughs> I I have one. Uh, I want to get into this a little bit. We're kind of go back to sports a little bit. I want to talk about the MLB a little bit. I want to get your take. Should we just cancel it or not? And my other question is, I was thinking about this today. So all these players are testing positive, including Cart we have Cardinals team team players and stuff now that are testing positive for COVID nineteen. Cardinals went eleven. A month ago, if you were to say you had COVID nineteen, people would be thinking you're on your on death's door. Now, we're not saying like it's not even a matter of thinking that a player's not going to make it through this or or that it's really even that big of an issue. It's just like them saying, oh, well, he tested positive. He's not going to be back in t- for two weeks. Like, it's like it's not right. even a thing anymore. It's just a matter of, well, he's got it, so he can't play. Well, I don't think it's a thing anymore for professional athletes, if it ever was. I think for the average Joe, it's still a thing. But why is that different? It's still the same virus. They have resources that the average Joe does not. Like a hospital? (laughs) Were you really worried when Tom Hanks said he had COVID? Did you think Tom Hanks was going to die? At the time, I mean, I'm not saying I thought he was going to die, but at the time when he came out was in the earlier stages of all this. So yeah, oh, yeah. It, it seemed like it was a more of an issue. Like, are we going to lose Tom Hanks? Yeah, that might have crossed people's minds. Now you say Yadier Molina's got it. He's going to be fine. He'll be back here in a couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> That's Business what he got. <laughs> as usual. So I said, man, the NFL is going to be the same way. Look, this is what I can say. The NHL has done over 8,000 tests. Zero, zero positive tests. The MLB should have followed that model. Play in three cities, you only get on buses, and you better not fucking leave your hotel. Period. And that's what the NHL has done. Right. Three cities, that's it. You're on buses, there are no flights, there are no airports. That's it. There hasn't been a single positive case. You know? I like what the NBA has done with the bubble, but let's get real. Are you really going to tell all of those guys to stay there? Now, for the most part, they have. There have been a few guys that have broken that quarantine. But like like I said, with the MLB, it just doesn't seem as it, – it, it doesn't seem that it's been enforced in the same way. Yeah. Um, to answer your question, no. I don't think they're going to cancel the season. Really? I think they have an egomaniac for a uh, commissioner, and I don't think there's any way he's going to be talked into it. Still getting a lot of heat for it, but I don't think he, I don't think it'll happen. That's, I don't know. I mean, I, we'll see in the coming weeks if games still have to be postponed and canceled and stuff like that, but I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean. I mean, I, I think that even if even if the season plays all the way through, you know, like us right now, any games that we might play, we are going to be, we're going to lose 
we're not going to be able to play with some of our key players. So even at the end of the season, I think people are going to look at this season like, well, that was a pr- pretty much a wash. It could be. Yeah, it could be. Definitely. But if you have but teams you, that you, play you, 60 games and you have teams that play 40 games. Right. Like you said before, is it fair to those teams that only play 40 games? Right. Well, did you make sure that your fucking Hall of Fame catcher stayed indoors and didn't go to the fucking casino or the strip club? Right. Do we even know where they went? Is it true that they went to the casino? I heard that, but I don't know if it's true or not. I, I, I made a joke to one of my friends who's like a diehard Cardinals fan. He didn't think it was funny, but I said, man, those Cardinal teams of the 80s would have never been never been wrecked by something like COVID. If anything, they would have had the cure because they were just grown men who fucking stayed away from each other and played the game of baseball. But this era of Cardinals baseball, they're dry humping each other in the dugout. And like every little thing that happens during the game, I go, no wonder so many of them have tested positive for COVID. He's like, I, I don't like your joke, man. I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Shut up. Well, the, <laughs> the, 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 other, the other thing that I heard too, an idea, and I'm not saying to enforce it or anything, but it's an interesting idea. What was that? If you have a player that tests positive for COVID, they're done for the season. Yeah. And that would put a lot more pressure on the players to stay on the bus and not leave the leave whatever kind of bubble they have because they know yeah. that they're done. But I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know if that's a possibility or not. But who do they break that rule for? Are they gonna tell Mike Trout he's done for the season? Are they gonna tell Aaron Judge he's done for the season? Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying to do it now because we're too far into this already. Should have. Should, I'm saying at the beginning, if we would have done that, yeah. then it would have put more pressure on the players to make sure that they didn't get sick. Right. I don't know, man. I mean, if I mean, imagine if you were a player who abide by the uh, abided. Is that a word? I don't know. Who abide by the rules, and another player didn't, and then comes back and gives you COVID. Yeah, he'd be pissed. Yeah, right. For sure. Yeah. But it's really hard to control the population. Whether they be professional athletes who have the resources or regular guys like you and I that don't necessarily have them. It's hard to control us. But I, the population of a sports team, I don't think it's that hard to control. Well, because I'm, it, I'm, because I'm, it's a matter of you say, follow the rules – or don't play. That's it. Well, I'm kind of I'm putting them in with us. Like even though they don't have a regular job. Right. Yeah. They still it's the same thing. It's the same concept, man. It's the same thing. Wear a mask to work, right? Stay in your hotel, don't fucking leave. Again, we're all trying to achieve the same goal by doing these things. Basically is don't get the fucking virus so we can put an end to it. You know? Some restrictions might be more stringent than others, and they might be heavily enforced more so than others. But again, we're all trying to achieve the same thing, just at different levels. Yeah, but... A- Should they follow the rules? Yes, man. Do you want to fucking play? <laughs> and stay in I get it. Trust me. But not, look, like, you know, it, we're not living in that perfect world. I don't know. 
<laughs> so just side note, I wanted to look up how many albums Takashi Six Nine has put out. He's only put out one album. Can you name a, a, Can you name a song that he sings without reading it? Gooba. I know it's the newest one. Gooba. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that like Spanish for something? Sure. I hope. Sure. Yeah, I know that. And then, ah, what was the one? I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, he's only put out one album. He's like one of the biggest stars. But is it because of his music that he's that big of a star? But again, no, not necessarily. Or the The music is just secondary to him. Right. A person like that can flourish on streaming platforms. Because the people that are going to stream his songs only want to hear the song for two weeks anyway. Maybe two weeks. Right. But if you get two million streams in a week, and I think I'm even shooting low there for someone like him, did you really fail? You know, that's a win to me. It's two million in a week or 500,000 in two years. Which one do you want? Right. I don't know. With that said, I got to piss. I think that's how we end most episodes. Me having to piss? Yeah, uh-huh. typically. So this is going to be like all the others. And we're out.